So reviewing what we covered yesterday, we covered zuhud, asceticism. And we mentioned how Allah Ta'ala in the Quran in many places highlights uh, that if a person sacrifices this world, then Allah Ta'ala will give them the afterlife. Um, and also we uh, then referenced many situations in which the Prophet Wasallam himself, he preferred uh, he preferred the hereafter and he preferred giving up the matters of this world uh, is this his preference he felt more comfortable and so we gave many examples of the Prophet ﷺ, as well as examples of the Sahaba and we gave examples of other uh, prophets as well like Nuh then we talked about the different levels of asceticism which is abstaining from things of this world and we mentioned that the first level is that a person struggles against Zuhud they try to make that effort of abstaining but then they struggle and they tend to give in we give, and then we mentioned the second level is that a person is able to abstain, yet they're consciously abstaining from things in this world. And we mentioned that that's the middle stage of zuhud. And then the highest level, the highest station of zuhud is one that uh, in which a person isn't preoccupied with, do I need to abstain, do I not need to abstain? They participate in the world just like everyone else, but their heart is not connected. And this is a very important, this is the take-home point from this section. Uh, that a true zahid is someone who looks like the uh, looks like everybody else. They they look exactly the same. They participate in the same activities uh, in the world. They function just like any other human being functions. Uh, their heart is just as involved in the dunya. Sorry, their hand is just as involved in the dunya. Right? They had the keys to the dunya, but their heart is not attached to the dunya. That's the difference between a zahid and someone who's not a zahid. If someone outwardly manifests zuhud, then that's the middle level of zuhud. That's not the true zahid. Right? The highest level is that you don't outwardly manifest it, rather it's an internal characteristic that you possess. Okay, and then um, lastly we talked about the virtues of the uh, of the poor, the impoverished, and uh, that they will be less accountable on the Day of Judgment than those people that are, uh, uh, that are wealthy. Okay, so the next section that we're going to jump into today, inshallah, uh, is sabr, patience. So this is the fourth principle that Imam Ghazali is highlighting in this text, the, fir- the fourth praiseworthy trait, sabr. So we'll read off as usual the verses of the Qur'an, highlight the hadith of the Prophet and then we'll jump right into the text inshallah. So Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, وَاصْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Be patient, Allah Ta'ala is surely with the patient. He gathered, uh, so he also, sallallahu he also subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُهْتَدُونَ That those are the ones whom their Lord's blessings and mercy is upon. Those are the guided, guided ones, the ones that exert patience. He subhanahu wa ta'ala said, We will give those who were patient their reward according to the best of what they used to do. He subhanahu wa ta'ala also said, That indeed the patient are given their reward without any account. Um, Allah Ta'ala mentioned, he's saying, Imam Ghazali is saying, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned patience in the Quran in close to 70 places. Patience is mentioned seven, close to 70 places in the Quran. Okay, the Prophet وسلم, said, Patience is half of faith. He وسلم, also said, From the least of what you have been given is certainty and the resolve of patience. Whoever is given a substantial portion from these two will not be concerned for what he has missed of night prayer vigils and daytime fasting. He وسلم, also said, Patience is a treasure from the treasure of paradise. He وسلم, once was asked about faith. He said, it is patience. Isa السلام, said, Indeed, you will only get a hold of what you love by patience with what you detest. Okay, so Naimah Wazadi is going to continue and we'll get into the crux of this, inshallah. Patience is peculiar to humans. This is the section. Patience is peculiar to human beings. It's exclusive to human beings. The reality of patience is the firmness of religious motivation in the face of desire's motivation. Okay, so these are two opposing forces. Religious motivation, desire to, sorry, motivation toward religious, uh, uh, toward religiosity, you can say. And then motivation uh, toward desire. Patience is from special properties of the human being who is composed of angelic and animalistic features. 
the animal is only overcome by desirous calls. Okay, so we've been talking about this actually in the night sessions after Tarawih prayer, understanding the ruh and the nafs, the soul and the nafs, and these are two opposing things. And you can almost think about it as angelic, which is heavenly, being the ruh, and animalistic, which is uh, from the body, which is the nafs. And so these are two opposing characteristics of every human being. So Imam Ghazali is highlighting that patience is from these properties, and the human being is composed of these two. And the animal of the human being, the animalistic inside, is uh, over, only overcome by desirous calls. Um, the angels are not overcome by desire. Rather, they are entirely devoted to yearning to see the beauty of the Divine Presence and delighting at the degree of closeness to it. They declare Allah Ta'ala's glory. So angels, so the, and, uh, we human beings have an angelic side to them, but he's saying angels specifically, they, they yearn to see the beauty of the Divine. They declare Allah's glory throughout the night and day without tiring and have nothing calling them to desires. Angels don't have a desire. They don't have a nafs. They do whatever Allah Ta'ala instructs them to do they don't have to choose between good and evil they do whatever Allah Ta'ala tells them to do this is their this is their desire which is not really a desire if you don't have a choice so patience is inconceivable for an angel but not for an animal so if an angel doesn't have choice and they don't have desire there's no need to exert exert patience or demonstrate patience whereas an animal that has a desire and wants to do fulfill its desire has to exert patience However, the human being is under the authority of two aggressive forces. So angels, only one force drives them. It's their angelic side. Okay? But human beings have two sides. One of them is from the party of Allah and His angels. So those things that are heavenly, uh, which, which, which we talked about before. It's the, it drives or elevates the ruh. Uh, and uh, it is reason and motivation. Aql and motivation. The second is from the forces of shaitan. It is desire and whatever calls to it. So shahwat is the word Imam Ghazali uses, desires, and these come from shaitan. Okay. Religious and rational motivations appear after puberty as a person is motivated to think about the final outcome of things and begins to fight the forces of shaitan. So until a, a child hits the age of puberty, they're not challenged. So they don't have to exert patience per se because their challenge only begins after puberty. That's when a person, a boy or girl, begins to think about their their life. They begin to think about what they desire, their aspirations, their goals, and then they begin to think even about the afterlife. It happens after that age. Um, so when you be, when you feel the need to f fight the forces of shaitan, then and only then are you able to exhibit and uh, demonstrate or display sabr, which is patience. Okay. Uh, if religious motivation is established in the face of desire's motivation, like opposing forces, religious motivation, the desire to please Allah Ta'ala through patience, is established in the face of desire's motivation, which is the opposite, which is to give in whatever, to whatever you want to give in to, um, uh, to the extent that it overcomes it, then the station of patience has been obtained. So if you, in the face of difficulty or desire, you always choose the side of what's pleasing to Allah, then you've attained sabr, you've attained patience. For patience is inconceivable, except in the case where, wherein there is contrariness and conflict between two motivations. This is like patience with taking a nasty medicine, right? For reason calls to it while desire precludes it. So what he's saying is that if you were to be rational about this world and, and understand that there is an akhirah, etc., you will choose the side of patience, be it against sin, be it against transgression, be it against uh, the, the nafs, be it against in the face of difficulty. You will choose the side of patience, even though it's the more difficult choice for you. Okay, But you have to have reason and ration. You have to be someone who's rational in your thinking. Where if you're someone, your desire overcomes you, then you are not willing to give in to that, you're not willing to take that, swallow that difficult pill. So he says, whoever is overcome by desire will not take it. So you know medicine, <clears throat> when you're ill, medicine is beneficial. It helps you, it cures you, but most medicines that have a taste, they don't taste, they don't taste good. Unless you have like, you know, children's amoxicillin, bubblegum flavor. Most medicines don't actually taste good. You try to take a a tablet of uh, of like Tylenol, for instance, and you put it on your tongue and you try to chew it up. I mean, it's disgusting, right? But you, but so they've designed ways to circumvent that, so you basically can swallow the pill now. But there was a time where you had to just basically chew it and just take it down. 
Uh, and still, certain medicines are that way. They're just disgusting. You know, for instance, like uh, if 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 you have uh, if your if, if your wife has ever been uh, like pregnant, prenatal vitamins. I mean, they're they're huge. Number one, and number two, they often have this uh, smell and taste to it, and it's like very repulsive. But we know that there's trem- there's an advantage. You know, there's a proven benefit in taking a prenatal vitamin every single day when you're pe- when you're when you're pregnant. So, anyways, the the point being that you sometimes have to you have to you have to you have to take that that uh, you have to taste it. So he says, whoever is overcome by his desire will not take it. If you're if you're always giving into your desire, say no, whatever I want. You, your ego runs you. You're not going to take the you're not going to take the medicine. You say whatever. Uh, whoever's reason overcomes his desire, he'll be patient and say, look, I'm going to take this with its bitterness in order to attain healing. I know there's healing that comes from this. So through sabr, healing comes from it. So I know it's tough to be patient in certain situations. But if I can be patient, I will reap the benefits of it later. It will heal me down the road. Okay. Um, the pillar of faith is... Uh, so he says, the, the pillar of faith, Shatrul Iman, is completed with patience, which is why Allah Ta'ala's Messenger said, patience is half of faith. So Prophet said, patience is half of faith. Faith applies to knowledge and practice together, and all actions from both ends of the spectrum regarding both restraint and pursuit, purification and adornment are only completed by patience. This is because all actions of faith are contrary to the motivation of desire. All actions of faith are contrary to the motivations of desire. For instance, you decide that you want to pray, right? That's a period of time where you are not able to indulge, right? For those five minutes, you can't indulge. You can't talk on the phone. That's what you want to do. You can't uh, watch TV when you're praying. That's what you'd prefer to do. You can't just lie down and relax, right? When the time for the Asr Azan came up, you know, most people that were in Atikaf were actually sleeping. So the desire is that I just wish I could just sleep through this, right? And you have that option of let me just sleep through the adhan and sleep through asr prayer. No one's thinking, oh, asr prayer. Yes, let me jump jump up and go and pray. Forget sleep. I'm you know I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of this. Most people aren't like that. Um, so all acts of ibadah require some degree of patience in order to uh, in order to pursue it. Same thing with Quran. You could take any act of worship. Okay. Um, so all actions of faith are contrary to the motiva- motivation of desire. Thus, faith is only completed through the establishment of religious motivation in the face of desire. If you want to be solid in your iman, you have to reach a point where you uh, are able to exert patience in order to strive in your ibadat. That's the only way you'll be able to you'll be able to complete your iman. Is that in the face of I have a choice of exert patience and uh, and. Uh, take on my worship with Allah or give in to my desire. You want to complete your faith? You have to be on this side. Okay. Um, for this reason, okay, so for this reason, the Prophet said, fasting is half of patience. Fasting is half of patience because patience is sometimes in the face of desire's call, sometimes in the face of anger's call. And fasting is a form of breaking desire's call. So when desire is shahwa called towards you, fasting breaks it. When you're fasting, most people, especially at this time of day, 7.30, your desires have been suppressed, right? I mean, most people that have the desire of lust, this is the time where you're like, you know what, let's forget it. You know, let's just wait till mother. Like, you know, you're you're. It's suppressed. Your desires are suppressed in general. If you have the desire of, um, uh, I don't know, if you have the desire of, uh, you know, listening to inappropriate things, like you're just kind of like, you know what, just forget it. It's just not worth it. Um, you know, fasting suppresses your desires. So, Prophet said, fasting is half of patience, um, because it's a form of breaking the call of desire. Desire calls you toward things. Shahwa, right? It calls you towards things. Okay, the levels of patience, darajat. Patience has three levels according to its weakness or strength. The highest of these is that a person subdues desire's call entirely until its power to contest no longer remains. Look, Imam Ghazali's style, if you haven't picked it up by now, he likes to put things into different levels and degrees. You're either at the lowest level, you're at the middle level, you're at the highest level. Okay, so you're going to see this theme coming um, Pa- and and uh, so and, and and oftentimes the highest level is not what we assume it to be. It's actually maybe contrary to our to our to our belief. P- 
Patience has three levels according to its weakness or strength. The highest of these is a person subdues desire's call entirely until its power to contest no longer remains. One reaches this level by constantly being patient and prolonged struggle. So if when you reach a point where in the face of desire, where you just want to give in, right, to an argument or you want to give in to some desire and you decide that patience is going to be your theme, you're going to operate, your, your modus operandi is going to be patience. Uh, then you've succeeded, you've achieved the highest state of patience. And he says that this is achieved by constant patience and prolonged struggle, meaning the people that are going to be able to achieve this degree of patience are those people that are going to be detested the most. Because if you don't undergo test, you're not able to practice what it means to be patient. Okay? So the more difficulties you face in your life, the more likely you're going to have the opportunity to practice patience, which then means you're more than likely going to be able to excel when it comes to exhibiting sabr and patience. Okay, um, this is the quality about those whom it is said. It comes in the Quran. Inna Indeed, those who say our Lord is Allah, and then they become or they remain upright. Right? It's it's not, we we use we recite this verse all the time. Inna To be able to say that my Rabb is my Allah, and I'm going to stand upright on that. You know, what does it mean to stand upright? That means that in the face of any difficulty or any challenge, you take the path of goodness and sabr and patience. That's what thumastaqamu means that you have istiqama at a, at a, at a, um, at a, this is your base. Like you're always uh, demonstrating istiqama. Uh, okay. He also says in another verse, Ya ayyatuha nafsul mutma'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyah. O restful soul, nafsul mutma'inna, peaceful, contentful nafs, return to your Lord, pleasing and pleased. Right? So when a person, we talked about this the other night also, that when your nafs is, un- I think yesterday actually came up, but when you have your nafs, which is your animalistic desire, and you have control over it, the reins are in your hands of that animal. Um, this is what's being referred to. Like this is where you. This is where patience is your. This is this is what's dominating your your psyche. The lowest level. So that's the highest level. Then he says the lowest level is that the desire's call is strong. The contention of religious motivation falls off. You're just like forget this. I give up. I'm just going to give in to all my desires. Um, desire overcomes, and the heart surrenders to shaitan's forces. This is the quality of those about whom it said in the Quran. But my statement will be realized. I will fill hell with jinn and people altogether. All right, this is that the lowest uh, group of people, the, you know, where it's like, you know what? Forget, you know, sometimes you reach. Sometimes people reach this point where. They become frustrated with deen. You know, deen restricts me here. It tells me I can't do this, I can't do that. You know what? Where did all this stuff even come from? This is all just made up anyway. Forget this. I quit, you know? And you have this attitude because you become frustrated with these tenets of faith. And then you say, you know what? Forget it. Why do I need to? I can do whatever I want. So I'm just going to, I don't need to struggle, you know? Forget it. And so when a person reaches that mentality and they decide that they're just going to give in to everything, you know, Allah Ta'ala says, okay, well, my statement, you're going to realize it. it you know, if you don't want to realize it now, you'll realize it in the Akhirah. You know, it'll hit you at some point. If you can mess around in this world if you want to, but at some point it's going to hit you. And he says that, I will fill, I will fill Jahannam with jinn and people altogether. This is what it was made for. For people that don't want to obey Allah and, and want to give in to desire, this is what Jahannam was for anyway. So go ahead. Do as you please. Okay. The intermediate level, the middle level, is, and this is where I think most of us probably lie, is that a person does avoid making war upon his desire. However, the conflict has its ups and downs. Um, sometimes he has the upper hand, sometimes he takes a loss. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you succeed, sometimes you fail when it comes to giving in to your desires. Um, this person is from amongst those who struggle, mixing righteous actions with others that are bad. Sometimes you do good, sometimes you do bad. And it's, and it's the nature of the human being that, you know, we're, we're weak, we're created weak, and we're going to give in from time to time. Um, it, it, its sign is that a person abandons those desires that are weak, yet is unable to refrain from those that are stronger. So you can give up the minor sins, no problem, right? Your minor desires, you know, if it means that uh, uh, I, uh, someone tells me that I need to... Um, I don't know. Uh, every every person's different. Actually, I can't even say this. Every person's different. But for some people, you know, praying five times salah is like no big deal whatsoever, right? So that's like a minor struggle for them. For some people, it's a major struggle to pray five times salah. So uh, 
So a person's able to give up their minor desires. Like, and you have to judge for yourself in your life what's minor and then what's major. The major ones you can't give up, and everybody has that one sin or one you know weakness that they have that they just try and they can't give up. Sometimes it's looking at inappropriate things. Sometimes it's overusing the tongue or inappropriately. Sometimes some people have this issue with speaking ill of other people. Some people have this issue of just speaking. Right? They love to talk. You know, if people are around, they just want to talk. People are around. They want. They have. They always have to have the last word, right? That's a weakness. It comes in the in the last year when we covered Sharh uh, al-Kalam, right? We covered this. So um, at times he may over. So uh, here we go. So it is a sign that the person. So this middle level, it's a sign is that a person abandons those desires that are weak. They can give up those things that they can easily give up, yet it, that they're unable to refrain from what is stronger. At times he or she may overcome it, but not at others. At times he is deeply remorseful about his inability and acts aggressively in order to strive and oppose himself. Right? You mess up, you make a mistake, you give in to your desire, and then you feel bad about it. And then you ask that Allah Ta'ala forgive you, and you decide that, you know what, I don't want to do this moving forward. Right? So it's this struggle. It's like, um, you know, it's almost like you can think about it like nafsul mutma'inna, the nafs that you have full control over, that's the highest level. And then the lowest level is nafsul ammarah bisu, right? And then the middle level, which is nafsul lawama. You're neither here nor there. You try, you fail, you try, you fail, but you feel remorse, right? You're not just an animal that gives in to everything. And I think most of us, inshallah, most of us at least lie in this level. Okay, so this this is beautiful. So he says, at times he is deeply remorseful about his inability and he acts aggressively in order to oppose and strive and oppose himself. Perhaps Allah Ta'ala will turn to these people. Alright? Perhaps Allah Ta'ala will turn to these people. This is the greatest struggle. And so long as a person is mindful of Allah and Allah believes in him, sorry, so long as a person is mindful of Allah and believes in the good of the afterlife, then Allah Ta'ala will facilitate ease for him. Don't ever give up. You know, if you're struggling with certain desires that you have, the last thing that you want to do is say, you know what, forget it. I'm throwing in the towel. I quit. I'm leaving the deen altogether because I just can't, I can't do this. This is too restrictive for me. There's too much patience is required. No, just try. And if you fail, you're, you'll fail. It's okay. You know, maybe Allah Ta'ala will overlook it. The goal of deen, and this is sometimes very difficult for us to understand because we live in an environment that's very cutthroat. You have to succeed. If you don't get an A, then you're not at the top of the class. Right? You need an A in order to succeed. But with Allah Ta'ala, you don't have to score well. You just have to put in an effort. You know, people in this world, they don't always appreciate an effort. And you'll sometimes hear this phrase like, you know, uh, you know, you tell someone, I tried. Yeah, well, you know what? Trying is not good enough. Right? Have you ever heard this? It's not good enough. But with Allah, trying is always good enough. It's all, there will never be a time with Allah where you try and, Allah, and it's not good enough for Allah. If you try, Allah Ta'ala accepts your effort and He'll multiply it. And in fact, the person who struggles and then succeeds, right? That person gets even more, more reward than the person who doesn't struggle. There's a hadith Prophet but you know, the person who struggles to recite Quran, right? They're like struggling. It requires a lot of patience to learn how to recite Quran. But a person who struggles gets double the reward of the person who doesn't struggle when they're reading Quran, right? It's because Allah Ta'ala appreciates effort. He wants you to just try. And if you try, you will, you will reap the rewards. So we have to think about deen in this way. It's not about, am I the best? Right? Deen is not about showing Allah Ta'ala how strong we are. It's about showing Allah Ta'ala actually how weak we are. The successful person in deen is the person who shows Allah Ta'ala their weakness, not their strength. Because no matter what, our strength is never going to compare with our Allah anyway. Okay. In summary, uh, actually, let's go to the next section. The need for patience in all states. Uh, everything makes sense so far. Any questions so far? Makes sense. Uh, yes. The successful person is the person who shows Allah's weakness. You have to understand this. This is a very deep point that we don't brag to Allah Taala about how great we are, and we don't show off to Allah Taala about our strengths. You know, that's not the attitude of the believer. The attitude of the believer is that I'm weak, Ya Allah. You know, I'm weak. You know, and I'm just putting in an effort to show you that I care, Ya Allah, accept this from me. Right? So that's the sign of a, a that's the sign of a believer, yes. When you're uh, saying there's uh, the jealous side of the person, you know, like when you're uh, fasting and you're not know, watching the jealous side, can you say that with like You know, it it is it's not referring to specifically angelic in the sense of you don't have the 
Well, it, it kind of is. I mean, an angel doesn't have any bodily needs either or desires. They're just completely taken care of by Allah. They don't, and they, but what's meant is that the angelic side of a human being is that side that strives toward goodness. And the shaitanic side of the human being is the opposite. So in the sense that the angels always do good, the human being has this side to them as well. That's what's meant by it. Okay, so let's continue. The need for patience in all states. Know that the need for patience, sabr, is general for all states because everything the slave encounters in this life, the slave of Allah encounters in this life, um, is of only two categories. It either agrees with desire or it opposes it. Okay? Um, so, now what Imam Ghazali is going to do is he's going to break up well, actually, let me continue. So it either agrees with desire or it opposes it. If it agrees with desire, like health and security, wealth and status, and many kinfolk, then how in need of patience with it he is. Okay, so, so far we've been saying that sabr is in the face of when you're challenged with a desire, right? Uh, that's when you have to exert patience. But what Imam Ghazali is saying is that, okay, there are times where, you, where exerting patience agrees with your desire, meaning your desire is being filled and you have to sort of exert patience on those desires. Okay, so he says, for instance, health and security. If Allah Ta'ala gives you health and security, it's the desire of every human being to be healthy and to feel secure. So if Allah has given you that, is it possible to uh, exhibit sabr on this or not? But Imam Ghazali is saying, is, yes it is. Okay, wealth and status. Every human being's desire is to have wealth and to have status. So are you able to exhibit patience in this regard or not? Imam Ghazali is saying, yes it is. Um, and many kinfolk have a lot of relationships, children, you know, have a good social circle. Uh, that's a desire. Is it, do we need to exhibit patience here? And he's saying, yes. He says, how in need of a patience with it, it he is. For if he does not control himself, he will exceed the bounds and let loose regarding luxury and following desires, thus forgetting where he came from and where his final destination is. Okay, so this goes back to kind of how, we, I don't know, maybe it was yesterday or two days ago. We mentioned that a test from Allah Ta'ala when it comes to, for instance, our wealth and our health is when he gives it to us, not only when he takes it away. We think about tests as when things are taken away. Someone takes away our wealth, now we're being tested by Allah. Ya Allah, you're making this, this is a test from you. Someone takes away our health, or our health is taken away, now we're sick, and we think this is a test from Allah, I need to exhibit sabr. Someone takes away our child, right? May Allah protect us from all of these things. But someone takes away our child, uh, so our child is taken away from us. We think, oh, this is difficulty, now I need to exhibit patience. But Mughazali is saying is that, no, 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 hold on. You getting these things is actually a test for you and you need to exert patience even when you have these things. Now what patience? It's patience from overindulging. So if Allah Ta'ala gives you wealth, it's not that you just take that wealth and you spend it on yourself, but you have to spend it on others. So now you're exhibiting patience with the wealth and, and actually saving some. You're not just giving every single thing away, right? Okay, patience when it comes to uh, your health. So um, he says, you forget where you came from and your final destination. If you think you're healthy because you work out four days a week, what you're doing is you're attributing that desire and health that Allah has given to you to yourself. But if Allah has given you health, then you have to directly turn back to Allah and say, Ya Allah, thank you, this is a result of you. If He's given you wealth, you attribute your wealth to Allah Ta'ala. That's how you exhibit patience in this regard, is that your nafs is going to always tell you that it's you. This is all you. You did this. You earned this. You have health. You got kids. You're a social butterfly. You're someone who's, uh, you uh, earned all of this with your effort. And sabr in this regard is to constantly remind yourself that no, this is actually from my Allah. That's the first degree of sabr. The second degree of sabr for someone who's been given these things is that you are grateful. Um, I think he's going to come to that here. Okay, yeah, he'll come to it. Okay, so for this reason, the companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum said, we were tested with the trial of hardship and were patient. Okay, the Sahaba used to say this. We were tested with the trial of hardship and we were patient. And we were tested with the trial of ease and we were not patient. Right? When the Sahaba, you hear the stories of Makkah Mukarramah, when they were persecuted, there is, I mean, every story there is about patience. I mean, where do you hear a Sahabi like retaliating, right? Or like, or like giving into their desire and saying, no, I'm going to, you know, some people at, in the right appropriate situation, they had stood up, right, to defend themselves. But they exhibited the utmost of patience, right? So they were tested with patience, they exhibited it. And when, you know, there was a time in the Ummah when the Ummah was flooded with all this um, wealth, right? And they were given these things. And 
it was more difficult. The Sahaba themselves acknowledged it. Includes, in fact, there was a lot of disagreement amongst the Sahaba. Some Sahaba were like, you know, we have too much wealth. Like this isn't right. And look at we're indulging in it. You know, Aisha, I think it was Aisha. She she would talk about how uh, how um, uh, it hurt her to see that pe they were, her, the Ummah after the time of the Prophet was starting to fill their stomach. Like the Ummah never did. The time of the Prophet they never filled their stomach to their full. And at the time after, the Sahaba would fill their stomach. And it was like, what? There's nothing impermissible about this. And we're not obviously saying anything negative about the Sahaba. But you could see the, um, this is kind of in their own words. Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, he was so uh, frustrated with the giving in, so to speak, of the Sahaba, which doesn't even come near how much we give into dunya. But that giving in, that he actually left altogether. He, he left the city because he couldn't handle it. So anyways, the point is that um, in times of ease, it's more difficult to be patient. Okay, that is why it is said that every believer is patient with tribulation, but only the perpetually truthful one is patient with well-being. Okay, so uh, as hard as we may think it is to be patient when we're dif when we're undergoing difficulty, it's actually easier than it is when we're undergoing um, when when we're uh, when we're under when we're undergoing you could say success or when we're when things are going well for us. Okay, the meaning of patience with it is that a person does not depend upon it. You don't depend upon whatever has been given to you. He or she knows that it is a trust. It is all a trust under, under his care that must soon be returned to Allah. That's, your, that's how you exhibit your patience. You recognize that this is from Allah. It's going to get back to Allah. Even my body is going to go back to Allah. He does not become immersed in heedlessness and luxury. And he gives thanks for his blessings in the right manner. So number one is you don't immerse yourself. You don't just, uh, so you don't attribute it to yourself and think that this is mine so I could do whatever I want with it. And number two, you're very grateful to it that Allah Ta'ala has given it to you. Um, he gives thanks for his blessings in the right manner. This is uh, a subject whose explanation would be lengthy. So Imam Wazali is not going to go into it further because uh, actually we've covered this previously. Anyways, so he's not going to go over it further here. Okay, so the second category. So the first category um, Okay, so the first umbrella category. There's two main categories. Category 1, category 2. Then from category 1, we said that there's uh, desire. Then category, so sorry, category 1, category 2. Exhibiting patience here when your desires are fulfilled. So you have what you need. Then there's exhibiting patience when you don't have what you need. Okay, and then he's going to divide this into four subtypes. Make sense? Category one, category two. Category one is desire. That's uh, your your desires are fulfilled, and you're taught how to exhibit patience when your desires are fulfilled. Category two is in the face of difficulties. Now there's four subtypes. Okay. The second category is whatever opposes desire, and that comprises four types. Four types. Number one, the first is in acts of obedience. Okay, I'm going to list off the other four just so that you have it in mind. He doesn't cover it right now. The first is exhibiting patience in acts of obedience. The second is in acts of disobedience. Number, the third is patience when someone harms you. And the fourth is when exhibiting patience against a calamity that's completely out of your control. Okay, so the first he's going to say. Uh, the first is acts of obedience. The ego, the nafs, is averse to some of these due to pure laziness, like prayer, and others due to stinginess, like zakat. So the ego, uh, the nafs, doesn't like to pray. The ego uh, does not like to spend on others. It likes to hold on to money. So Imam Ghazali says that uh, in this first category, the, it's exhibiting patience for acts of worship because the ego's desire is to not undergo these acts of worship out of pure laziness. Uh, and or stinginess um, and for others due to both of these both laziness and stinginess such as hajj and such as jihad so others out of laziness and stinginess you won't go toward these actions patience with obedience is an extremely difficult matter and the obedient one needs patience in these three states okay so we're category two subtype one which is patience with acts of obedience so now he's going to divide up acts of obedience into three segments, beginning, middle, and end. The first is during the first part of the worship that you're going to under, uh, undertake. 
by correcting insincerity and having patience with the tarnishes of sorry by correcting sincerity and having patience with the tarnishes of ostentation shaitan's deception and deceit uh, and the deceit of the ego and its delusions so the first step is to have patience at that first initial stage with trying to be sincere and with ostentation so when somebody decides that they want to take on a form of ibadah they want to start reciting the quran the first comes to mind is uh, many a times we think man am i doing this for myself or am i doing this so other people can see me Right? So this riyah is a challenge that a lot of people are often struggling with. So one of the, one of the ways to um, overcome this is to actually let it pass. Let it pass, meaning have patience with it. If you're always thinking that people are watching me, people are watching me, people are watching me, you're very fixated on that. Right? And so you're trying to resist that, and resistance meets with more resistance from the other end. So your riyah can actually grow. So on the other hand, if you just are patient with it and say, look, I'm acknowledging that I have this riyah, you're going to still continue to do the act, continue to do the act, continue to do the act, and inshallah it'll subside on its own. Okay? Um, at the next, at the break. Were you, were you raising your hand? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, okay. We talked about riyah in detail last year. So this principle should make sense if you attended, if you heard last year's talk on the riyah. This will make sense. It's very straightforward. You, you just... Exhibit patience, it will subside. Okay. The second phase is during the deed itself, so as to not slack on properly performing it with its requirements and recommended aspects. So basically, it means to focus. Um, all of which is conditional upon etiquette, presence of heart, and absence of whispering. Same thing. So, if, for instance, a gay person engages in salah or in muraqabah and they think that, you know what, I, I, this is very common, right? Like, I just can't focus. What should I do? Right? I've been doing this for like two, three months now. I just can't get into it. Just be patient. Be patient. It takes months. It takes years to be able to focus in your dhikr and focus in your worship of Allah. Just be patient and try. That's it. Okay. The third is after finishing, which is that a person is patient, patient regarding his remembrance of Allah, not raising his voice with it to show off ostentatiously for the sake of reputation, right? So it's to be patient after the act of worship as well. You know, sometimes, this is, sometimes like once we finish like the Quran, we'll close it, the Quran loudly and we'll be like... Alhamdulillah, and we'll stand up, make sure that everybody sees that, you know, we were, we were reciting Qur'an. Or, you know, when we're tr switching positions, you know, you, maybe you sat in du'a for a long period of time, and you say, La ilaha illallah, and you, you know, you make sure people know that you've engaged in this. You know, some people, uh, they, their Allahu Akbar's are, you know, excessively loud. You know, this is between you and Allah, not for other people to see. So he's saying, even exhibit patience in this, because you're going to be tried even after your worship to try to get people to see what you're doing. No, 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 just be patient. Hold on. This is between you and Allah. Don't, don't overdo it. Be normal. Be normal. Okay. Um, so the first... Okay, so we're going to have to... You know, I want to try to finish by 8. So we'll see how far we get. If we have to continue tomorrow, we will. So category 2 is what? We said uh, patience when our desires are not able to be fulfilled. So acts of obedience, you know, it's not something that our desire uh, meets with. Um, so that's subtype 1. Subtype 2 is not going to be acts of disobedience. Uh, the second, okay. The second type is an acts of disobedience. The Prophet ﷺ said, "The fighter is one who fights with desire. The mujahid is one who fights with desire, and the emigrant is one who emigrates from evil." So we know that mujahida is a, uh, sorry, a mujahid. The role of a mujahid and a muhajir these are very difficult responsibilities. So the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, "When mujahidu man jahad nafsahu fi that the true mujahid is that person who fights his own nafs and his own desire in trying to be obedient toward Allah. Well, muhajir, the true muhajir, uh, not the true, the, sorry, I should say the muhajir, man hajar al-khataya wa is that person that leaves and emigrates from sin and evil. So this requires patience. Having patience with acts of disobedience is more difficult, especially with the act of disobedience that has become a familiar habit. Okay? This is interesting. For two forces are at odds with religious motivation. The force of desire and the force of habit. So if you're involved in a sin that is... It pleases you in terms of your desire And it's also a habit for you It's very difficult to accomplish If easiness and little burden Is also added to this Then none can be patient with, that, with it Except the perpetually truthful Okay, so let's give you I don't know, let's take an example That uh, you have you Desire is lust, right? So it's, you want to fulfill this desire of lust and In an inappropriate way So, and then you have a habit So if that desire is there, that sin is there in your life, You're, you look at things inappropriately, for instance, let's say online, and then you have that combined with habit, 
now you have a laptop and every time you open that laptop, you immediately want to go to those places that you've been going to in the past. So Imam Ghazali is saying is that it's, this is very difficult to be patient with. It's one thing to like not have the opportunity, right? But then, sorry, it's not to not have a habit of it. But if every time you open your computer, the first thing you go to is this, well then now you're struggling with your desire, then you're also struggling with breaking a habit. And everyone knows breaking habits is very difficult. He says, if you combine this with easiness, right? Like, and little burden, easiness, like unlimited internet access. Nowadays, you don't have to be connected to Wi-Fi. You could be anywhere in the world and have internet access. And little burden, like it doesn't require much effort to sin, Not especially this kind of sin. It doesn't require much effort at all. So you combine desire, force of habit, easiness, and little burden. The only people that can actually survive this are those people that are perpetually truthful. This is, this is patience to the extreme. Uh, this is the like. This is like the disobedience of the tongue. For indeed, it is simple and easy, right? Lying, backbiting, cheating, uh, arguing, praising oneself. To combat this, a person needs to have the most extreme form of patience. Okay, the third type of patience. So we talked about patience with obedient acts, patience with against disobedient acts. Now we're going to talk about patience when it comes to other people. The third type is that in which. Uh, is not connected to the slave's choice. However, he has a choice in repelling it or rectifying it. Like the one who is affected by an in undesirable thing coming from someone else, either by their hand or by their tongue. So someone wrongs you. Someone does something harmful to you physically, or they say something ill to you, right? They argue with you. They call you bad names. They challenge you. They frustrate you with their tongue. Um, they speak ill to you. He says, Imam Ghazali, having patience with this by forgiving... Uh, retru by foregoing retribution is sometimes obligatory and sometimes recommended. So depending on the circumstance, if someone is going to make fun of you or someone's going to speak ill to you, sometimes it's required for you to exhibit patience. Sometimes it's recommended. Mustahab. You don't have to. You have a right to speak back if you want to, but it's better if you don't. Uh, some of the companions, who said, we did not consider a man's faith to be true faith until unless he was patient when he was harmed by someone else. Allah Ta'ala said, informing us of the statement of the Prophet We will indeed be patient with the harm you have done to us, other people. And let those who rely in truth rely upon Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Um, it comes in hadith. Uh, I think it's Abu Dhar al-Ghifari who, who says that uh, the Prophet Sallallahu said that a person is granted, the person who withholds arguing with the other person, even though they know they're right. So someone challenges you or attacks you and you, can, you have the opportunity to argue and you know you're right about that and you withhold from arguing with them, the Prophet Sallallahu has promised them a place in the middle of Jannah. It's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Okay, and then, so the Prophet uh, said the, the ayah before, another, another ayah, leave repaying their harm and reply upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, now, certain circumstances, you do have to resist, right? You, we don't, we're not laissez-faire all the time. We have to sometimes resist. But the vast majority of times, in order to avoid conflict, you exhibit patience, especially when it's, when it's people within your family or people within the community. You have to do whatever you can to withhold your tongue in resistance to something they've done to you, okay? Because... Uh, this is this is exhibiting patience. He subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Indeed, we know that your chest is strained by what they say. This is referring to the Prophet and the Sahaba at large at the time in Makkah Mukarramah. You know, they would face so much difficulty and persecution. They were attacked and they weren't allowed to open their mouths. At least initially, they could not speak up. They had to hide their deen. So he says, We know that your chest is strained by what they say. Don't respond. Instead, praise your Lord. Turn toward, turn back to Allah. And be from amongst those people that prostrate regularly. That's going to be your retaliation. Is that you're going to go to the musallah. Okay. Um, the fourth type. So we've covered now obedience, disobedience, patience when... Um, in the face of someone challenging you, and this is very common, uh, you know, we can talk for another hour about this, but patience when it comes to when our parents, for instance, say something to us that's hurtful, exhibiting patience, this applies there. 
when our spouse maybe says something that's hurtful, when our children say things that are hurtful, someone in the community says something that's hurtful, exhibit patience and Allah Ta'ala will reward you. There's no, there's no use in fighting back in these situations in particular. The fourth type is whatever is not by choice from start to finish. So now these are calamities that come directly from Allah, meaning you don't have any control over it from either start to or the finish or finish. You can't retaliate, meaning, for instance, death of a loved one, right? If your loved one passes away, uh, who are you going to retaliate against, right? So from start to finish, you don't have a choice is what Imam Ghazali is saying. You don't have a choice of responding. Like, love, like love, death of a loved one, loss of wealth, sickness, losing a limb, and all other kinds of tribulations. So this is, when we think of patience, we always think about this category. But Imam Ghazali is reminding us that, look, this isn't the only category. We're going to talk about it here, but know that there's so much more to patience than just exhibiting it in the times of tribulation that comes from Allah. It's on so many other levels. Okay. Having patience with these, the ones that we just mentioned, is from the loftiest of stations. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said, patience is Patience in the Quran is upon three stations. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu is a sahabi who's known for, he was like a mufassir, the leading mufassir uh, who knew tafsir of the Quran. Patience in the Quran is upon three stations, maqamat. Patience with fulfilling requirements, which has 300 degrees, daraja. Patience with Allah Ta'ala's prohibitions, which has 600 degrees. And patience with tribulation when it first befalls, which has 700 degrees. The daraja is 700 times. The Prophet ﷺ said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, If I try my slave with the tribulation of sickness, and he or she is patient and does not complain to their visitors, I will replace his flesh with the flesh that's better than it, and his blood with blood that's better than it. If I cause him to recover, I cause him to recover, and he has no sins. If I cause him to die, it is unto my mercy. Meaning that when, you've become, when you're sick, you're going to win no matter what. You might as well exhibit patience. Because if through your patience, Allah Ta'ala resolves you of your illness, then He used that as an opportunity to remove sins from your body. Now you come back, you know, basically uh, refreshed. Or if He chooses to take you away from that sickness, He says, it's unto my mercy. I'm taking you back to me. I'm the most merciful. What are you worried about? You know, subhanAllah. Um, he... Uh, okay, so He, Salah Sallam said, informing us... Uh, informing us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah ta'ala this is a hadith hadith prophet is saying that Allah ta'ala says this if I direct to a slave amongst my slaves an affliction in his body wealth or children and he faces it with beautiful patience then on the day of resurrection <laughs> okay I'm going to repeat this one this if I direct to a slave amongst my slaves an affliction in his body or his wealth or his children and he faces it with beautiful patience. Then on the day of resurrection, the day of judgment, I will be shy about placing his deeds on a scale or opening up his record. Allah Ta'ala will be shy about placing his deeds, our deeds, on a scale or opening up our record. Think about that. Like, Why does Allah Ta'ala need to be shy? Like, For us, I mean, what have we ever done for him? Even if he gives us a test and we exhibit patience, I mean... You know, it's we're supposed to. We're his servants. We're supposed to do whatever he tells us to do. We're supposed to stay away from whatever he tells us to stay away from. You know, if he challenges us with something, it's okay. We're, we're supposed to that. We're his servants. We're we're expected to take the heat. But he uh, he's so appreciative of the effort of the believer, right? And this goes back to what we said earlier, right? In, in the, the previous section, that like you just have to try. Allah Taala is appreciative. He's not like human beings. He's not like your boss at work or your you know parents or your children or you know anyone he's not like me or anyone the imam of the community he's appreciative of whatever you do so he himself he will feel shy about placing our deeds on a scale and opening up our record meaning he doesn't he, he in his mind Allah Ta'ala is saying that like you've undergone enough I don't even want to judge you today let's just let's just close this book Right? Let's not even open this. Let's not even see what you did and didn't do in this world. Let's just leave it closed because I just feel shy. You, you exhibited patience through, through difficulty that I sent you. You're, you've, you're pa you've passed. We don't, need to, we don't need to look into this any further. Right? This, this is beautiful. It's Allah Ta'ala is uh, so appreciative of any effort that the believer makes. It's not about, uh, so it's about just submitting to him because of this appreciation. He, subhanahu, he said, 
patiently waiting for relief is an act of worship. He also said, amongst the affairs that entail magnifying Allah Ta'ala and knowing his right is that you do not complain about your pain and do not mention your affliction. Look, you know, when Allah Ta'ala afflicts us with the difficulty, we have a choice. We either complain about it or we accept it and we exhibit patience. And it's up to us. You know, what's the higher station is that we, uh, we don't complain about it to other people. Now, the exception is if you need someone's dua, you should mention it to them that you're going through a difficulty. Or if you need advice from someone else, then you should mention it. But if for the sake of mentioning it so that they can sh- share in on that, you know, there's, no, there's really no benefit in that. So it's better to keep difficulties to yourself unless there's a purpose that you need to share. Now, sometimes that difficulty we share through telling people about it. And sometimes we, uh, we, we do it, you could say, um, without manifesting it outwardly, right? So we come to the message and we're just like, brother, you, you have no idea what I'm going through. You know, but you don't worry about it. You know, if I'm just going to be patient through this. Allah Ta'ala is merciful to those that are patient. You're basically complaining. You're basically complaining. So you don't want to show any outward manifestation. Obviously, there's a sadness associated with difficulty. So, you know, to whatever extent you can cover it up, you'll cover it up. Um, and there's obviously some grief associated with it. So if somebody passes away, you're not going to just smile and walk into the masjid and everything's great. You know, but so it, every circumstance is different. But you get the point that the way to complain about these difficulties isn't just through telling people through your tongue or speaking out loud about it. It actually is often through gestures as well and through facial expressions and, and body language. Okay, so this final section, we're done, inshallah. Uh, the final statement. One, one question. Yes. If you get sick, you go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Good question. So the question is that if you're sick, are you supposed to just accept that you're sick? Are you supposed to seek healing? You know, the consensus, I shouldn't say consensus, there's a slight difference of opinion, but the, the general recommendation of the ulama is that you have to seek, uh, you have to seek help, medical help. That's because it's, a, it's from the sunnah of the Prophet and the Sahaba to actually seek it. So what we do is we first make dua to Allah that we, we heal us from this difficulty because it's from the sunnah of the Prophet and then we have to seek medical help because that's the way that Allah Ta'ala designed this world that you have to seek the, uh, help and if despite this Allah Ta'ala doesn't give you uh, healing then that's by Allah Ta'ala's will. So you are required, I shouldn't say required but it's strong, I shouldn't say required just because there's a subset of ulama that say it's not like basically wajib for you to seek medical attention but the vast majority say that if you're ill that you must seek medical attention because um, this is the mechanism Allah Ta'ala has used to create healing in this world and there's many hadith about this okay thus you know that you are not free of need for patience in all of your states okay so in all those just like in tawbah you're never free from tawbah you're never free from exhibiting zuhud you know any any of these characteristics you're never free from exhibiting patience no matter what state you find yourself in um, through this, it is apparent that patience is a pillar of faith. Faith's other uh, pillar of faith. It's um, uh, what is the hadith? Mm. Shorba. Yeah, it's a part of faith. Um, faith's other pillar that relates to actions is gratitude. The Prophet said, "Faith is divided into two halves. One half is patience. The other half is gratitude." And of course, the next section will be on gratitude, inshallah. Um, so this is the transition that he is making. So recall that no one is going to be free from patience. If there's category A, which is patience uh, when your desires are already met, and then there's patience when those desires are, are going to be challenged. When the desires are met, you have to exhibit patience. When the desires are not met, that means that it's, faith, it's patience exhibited for ibadah, for worship, patience exhibited against uh, disobedience of Allah, patience exhibited when someone challenges you or harms you, and patience exhibited when a calamity comes directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of us fall into one of these categories or subcategories, so we must exhibit patience. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst the sahabirin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the high, 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 high rewards that are mentioned in the Quran and hadith attributed with sabr. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, keep us firm uh, on this deen until we pass away.